because we want it to be like a feel of like, you know, a family vibe of where you're going there. And it's not only the food. You and I both know like the food can be shitty, but people can still go all the time. It's not only about the way the food tastes, it's about the way you feel when you're there and when you leave there. I tell everybody that trains there, like, you're not going to remember what a brisket taco tastes like in five years. But you are going to remember what you felt like the day you were there and the day you left and how people made you feel. So it's great to have great food, but it's also really important to me to have the culture and to have the, the feeling behind it. Um, now it's just like, we all said, like when we were making all the food to go, we're like, it's kind of sad. Like we don't get to like look at the food and make it all pretty and get to talk to customers. I was like, I can't like, um, I'll be happy to talk to customers again and see them more often. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Lady Business Podcast Season 3. My name is Dina Nina Martinez, and I'm the founder of Lady Laughs Comedy. And my name is Heather Wendler, and I am the founder of Doyen. And if you're new to the Lady Business Podcast, we talk to women entrepreneurs and women who are badass in business. Season 3 of the Lady Business Podcast is recorded in quarantine via Zoom. So some of the quality may be a little bit different than what you expect of our podcast, But hey, desperate times call for Zoom. You can always find us on the internet at ladybusinesspod.com. On Facebook and Instagram at ladybusinesspod. And always when you're sharing, liking, and subscribing, make sure that you use the hashtag ladybusinesspod. Do you think we're a little repetitious? (laughs) How many touch points? Seven touch points. We're good. We're good. Okay, good. Also, please comment, review, and also share the Lady Business Podcast. Subscribe to the Lady Business Podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, and TuneIn. So on this episode of the Lady Business Podcast, yet another one of my friends, (laughs) (laughs) Modesty Vidal is one of the founders of Valentina's Tex-Mex. She and her husband founded the company. And they started out smoking meats behind a bar and have become so much more than that. And they are an attraction for foodies from all over the country. Yeah. Dude, I just want to sit down and have a taco and a margarita with her because she, her energy that she exudes, she just makes you feel like she's your best friend. And not just, like, I will also say, I think I relate with her personality a lot. Because she's, she's fucking badass, too. She and really she is. Doesn't, she doesn't tolerate the bullshit, which I love and adore. Uh, and I think you really need it to be able to keep a food company going in the middle of a pandemic as well. Absolutely. Her approach, because we waited tables together for a very long time. And she comes to the business bringing that customer service oriented attitude not only for her customers but also for the people that work for her they really care about their staff and making sure that they have what they need to be successful and also to take care of themselves yeah i think just you know she she's a role model and her her husband and their company is it's I really think it's going to withstand the test of time through all of this because of the practices and just the the standards that they have for how they run their business is going to see them through. Absolutely. So let's get into this podcast with Modesty Vidal. 
we are really excited. I'm really excited because a friend of mine that I haven't seen in 15 years um, is here. And she is the founder of, co-founder of Valentina's Tex-Mex Barbecue in Austin, Texas. Modesty Vidal. Hi. Hi. Hello. Thank Great. you for being with us today. I'm excited. We were supposed to see you when we were going to be in South by Southwest and then a pandemic hit. Um, yeah. <laughs> Our busiest <laughs> month of the year, by the way, you guys, that is Austin's, everybody in Austin's thing that they use to make it through. A lot of people make it through with that business mm-hmm. through the entire year using that. I've been so interested watching you on social media, how everything is evolved. Cause you guys started out in a truck just behind um, another restaurant, a bar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now you have your own storefront. Sort of. Yes. It's okay. our own place. <laughs> it's, so, a, it's a long, complicated, insane story, but yes. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about the evolution and how it got started. Well, um, I've always been in food. Not that I know how to make food, but I love customer service and taking care of people and hospitality has always been kind of my thing. Um, my husband has loved always making food as well as customer service. He wanted to be a pro soccer player, but then, you know, he knocked up some girl on 6th Street, hurt his uh, MCL, so that kind of ruined his all his dreams. <laughs> so he had to go to his second dream, which was cooking. <laughs> he was running, <laughs> he was running a, like a high-end restaurant here in Austin for about 10 years and wanted to start his own thing, And which is, you guys, I will just preface this, our like company motto, family motto, everything is don't talk about it, be about it. Because so many people uh, in Austin are always talking about their big dreams, what they want to do. Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. And he started to be one of them. And I'm like, okay, stop. I don't want to hear about it anymore. Like, if you want, you're going to do it, then shut up. You know, like you sound like everybody else now. And so he, his, uh, the place he worked owned the two bars right behind it. And so they offered us a spot behind one of the bars for free for a year, rent free for a year. Did we want to be a food truck behind a bar? Oh, hell no. We wanted a family restaurant, but you can't turn down free rent. And also like a, curated group of people that already know you and are willing to support the business to begin with. So that first year there was awesome. We did good, but it sucked working until three, four in the morning, serving drunk people all the time. I mean, especially since like I had already stopped drinking because I mean, I'll drink here and there, but like I've done plenty of drinking to get me where I'm at. I don't need it anymore. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not all the way against, I'll never have a drink, but I think I've had plenty to get me here. <laughs> um, plus I get meaner when I drink. People don't want me meaner. <laughs> Um, so we were there for about a year and a half. They had to remodel that bar. So we had to move. Um, when we decided, when we did move the trailer, um, we live in a neighborhood where there was a gas station down the street and there was a food truck there that was crappy. And my husband just went to the gas station and was like, what's up with this food truck? Like, what are y'all going to do with it? They're like, Oh, everyone hates Tim. Do you have a food truck you want to put there? He's like, yeah, I do actually. They had no idea what they were getting into. So as soon as we moved the food truck, like a street over from where we lived, I mean, there was lines down the blocks. There was the, the parking lot, and that was insane. They hated us after a while. <laughs> um, so then we needed a bigger spot. Um, another place had approached us to come look at their property, which had a building on it. The building needed to be remodeled. So we had said, you know, we don't want to go that way towards 35. We want to go to the rich people neighborhood over here towards Circle C. So we finally gave up and went and looked at the property, and we're like, damn, this is perfect. <laughs> So we decided, yeah, we'll take this property. We got a 15-year lease there and thought that we were going to turn that restaurant into a building. I mean, turn the building into a restaurant. Then come to find out the city of Austin's like, no, you're not doing that. We hate these people that own this property. It was annexed into the city like, you know, yesterday. So now all these rules apply. And so we're like, okay, cool. So our rent is super cheap, like 
super cheap because we were going to pay for all the improvements. And we also had our lawyer write the lease because they didn't have one. <laughs> I'm like, I got one, we'll do it. <laughs> um, and then, so it's written into the lease. If we can't put a building there, then we can move out whenever we want to them if we wanted to. Obviously, we're not going to do all that, you know. Um, so now we've kind of made the best of the situation. We have about five trucks on the property. Three of them are barbecue pits. Two of them are actual trailers that we cook and serve out of. Not to mention we use the house for storage. That's pretty much it. Um, according to the city, since we don't have a certificate of occupancy, we can't use the house for anything. We do use it for storage, but that's pretty much it. Um, and then now we've been looking at properties. I've wanted 10 acres forever because I want to have a venue as well. Like events are really important to me. It's where we make a lot of money. Um, we did about half a million dollars in just events last year. And we don't take the trailer ever. The trailers do not move. We just go and set up a table and stainless steel and serve it to people. Um, no red checker tablecloths though, you guys. <laughs> Only fancy stuff. Um, and so now we are just literally sitting here so busy in this parking lot of a rundown house while we wait to close on property. I mean, we've had offers in two different places. One of them was 10 acres, but we couldn't get water pulled to it. Now I'm just like, thank God we didn't have a property in the works whenever all this went down. So maybe that's a good thing. So now we just sit with really cheap rent and a measly food truck in a parking lot selling $4 million a year. <laughs> $4 million a year? Right. That's oh my, fun. okay. First of all, like I've never heard a restaurant or food industry story like yours like it's it's we like to be so different and be such a pain in everyone's ass including our own <laughs> so what how did you because you guys <clears throat> like I remember I remember looking at everything and thinking oh my god I hope they make it I mean not in a bad way no, but no, like totally. you know I just wanted to you know and and then and you're selling four million dollars a year because I keep telling all my friends that. about you and I'm like, oh my God, you've got to go see them. I'm like, and then you're telling me like what I was picturing in my head is so different. Hey, I'll take am... it. still tell your friends. Still tell your friends. Though. Oh, that's I will. The best, that's the best recommendation to me. Well, we've gotten written up in all these magazines and stuff. And honestly, we don't have a PR team. I mean, we don't have a PR company. We have nothing. We have me, my best friend, Morgan, who I've known since I was 10. She does all our PR, HR social media she's way better at it than I was she's so much nicer than me like her tone is so much nicer I'm just like you're so good like I think that but like I can't say it like that like you know like I just style me when I talk we've always been the good you know good and evil so she does all the social media and ever since she took over it's been above and beyond and honestly diners drive-ins and dives and taco trip and all the stuff on tv we didn't call any of those people we've never called we've never tried out we actually turned down diners drive-ins and dives twice because we were like, Miguel is a psychotic chef, just like every chef. Okay, you guys. He didn't want to close the restaurant for two days. That was his big thing. I'm like, well, it's the longest running show on cable. You're going to get your Kim Kardashian ass out there and shake it so we can make this money. <laughs> Too bad we have to close for two days. I'm like, get over it. It will come back tenfold. And so they had asked us to try out to be on Diners, Drivers, and Dives. We had turned them down because we were super busy and we didn't have time, honestly, to. We didn't have time to take the pictures and do all the all the work behind it. And so we're just like, we don't have time. We're too fucking busy. Plus, Miguel was being a diva. And I was just like, I don't have time to fight him on this shit right now. 
And so then they came back again and said, well, actually, you know, you're not trying out. You're already picked. Um, you know, we'll give you another month or two to fill out all the stuff. Please do it. And so after that, I was like, okay, bro, you're going to have to do it. But because I started doing research on other restaurants that had been on the show and started looking at, you know, statistics behind the show and stuff like that. I'm like, it's the longest running show on cable. It repeats like a million times. I'm like, you're going to have to do it. It's like free national exposure. Sorry, you have to close for a day. Boo-hoo. I mean, it's literally like eight hours. And by the way, like we are already so used to it. We only close for one day, not two, because we were just like, we got this. We know how to do it. We'll have everything ready when y'all get here to shoot. Like, let's just get in and out because, I mean, I'm down to get people in and out all the time. Of course, Miguel cried because, you know, he didn't try this food or that food. Or I'm like, he's not even a chef, you guys. Like, he's just a TV host. He wants the same thing out of us, but we want out of him, you know, like exposure. I'm like, he came in, did his thing, left. It was hilarious, you guys. Seeing this man work was insane. <laughs> like those little taglines he comes up with, he just workshops those on the spot. I was so impressed. I was just dying laughing. I mean, he was three hours late and the whole crew hated him, but <laughs> he was a star nonetheless, you know. I was down for it. I love a diva. That's my favorite. And a guy diva, even better. Because they think they're not, you know? Yeah. How did the the crew was talking so much shit and I just loved it. Did what did you so did you see like what happened? I don't know how to phrase this question. What did you see happen after that episode aired within your business? Honestly, we still get business from that episode. Like it will replay all the time. I know when it replays because people will comment and start commenting on Facebook. Oh yeah, we just saw them on on Diner Shaman's and that I'm like you guys so I was like it's awesome like I think it's cool and most of the time people that watch that show are exactly the kind of crowd we're going for because it's like families you know and honestly that's what our food's for families people who like I mean like the foodies like it because it's fancy and Miguel's a snob you know he's a food snob he's a fancy he has to be better than everyone and that's just his nature and anything he's ever done which mine too I get it we want to be the best of whatever you know but, like, when it comes down to his his most important compliment is when, like, you know, some 80-year-old Mexican woman from Oaxaca is telling him that it reminds her of home. That's his deepest compliment, not being on Diner Shrubbins and Dives. He could care less about publicity at all. That's me. I'm like, yeah, no, we're going to do it. You're going to sell it. Like, we'll bring more people here. Whereas he's like, I don't care about, you know, like, getting the awards. I'm like, it's really not about that either. It's more about, like, exposure to me, you know? The more people that try the food, the more people that can be, like, realizing what we're putting out there. So uh, COVID-19 hit. You've had your busiest month yet? Well, no, March is usually our busiest month of every year. That's usually the month we do, I want to say, over 100 grand easily. Well, we do like 60, 70 a week normally. So it has to be at least like 300 grand on March. And that's with events and stuff like that too. And we do a lot of stuff by events. Like this year we had to cancel a $25,000 event. Meaning like we still got to pay them back that $12,000 they put down as a deposit. Um, things like that we had to cancel probably about I don't know fifty thousand dollars in events this year and that's not even including just the normal business we get from people coming over granted I feel a little guilty because we're still busy you know what I mean we're just doing takeaway only and we've never had online ordering and now we do most of the time people have to come there and stand in line for an hour to get food whereas now they can order online and just come pick it up in 15 20 30 minutes so and I think the combination of that and that not a lot of places are open. We were already half takeaway anyway. You know what I mean? Like we're in a barn and there's a barn where people can sit. But I mean, taking away the barn option is not really taking away much. So I feel like we are not as busy 
busy as we were last year, of course, but I mean, I feel guiltily still as still pretty busy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Compared to everybody else. Yeah. What have you kind of seen overall within um, either your industry or just the small business scene within Austin or Texas going on? I mean, it is, it's so dark and depressing because I have so many friends that are in the same industry. Um, One of our own friends owns like three or four bars downtown and like literally they have nothing. They have nothing. They don't know when people will go back to a bar, how it's going to come back again. All their bartenders are now, you know, drawing unemployment, making more than they're making, you know, which is fine. Nothing against the bartenders, obviously, but it's hard whenever you're the one who's been supplying the jobs for the whole time. Um, so I feel like that's why I feel so guilty that we're doing okay <laughs> because there's so many businesses that are not and may not ever open again. There's about, I think there's 700,000 um, restaurant employees that are out of jobs just in Texas. Um, I'm part of the Texas Restaurant Association. So I get emails and updates from them every single day. It really like recaps everything that's going on and it's, it's depressing and it sucks. We have been trying to do something where every couple of weeks we do um, free food for uh, servers or essential workers, basically anybody out of a job or still just essential workers. So we'll advertise it and they'll just come by and we'll just tell me if you're, if you are cool, here's some food, take it home with you, do whatever. I mean, we don't like to prove it. <laughs> Everyone's pretty honest right now. And honestly, if they are coming eating food, then they need the food. Yeah. So we've been doing that for a couple of weeks now. And then um, we're brand ambassadors for Yeti. Um, so they called us last week and said that they want to donate $5,000 to continue to do that as well, which is awesome. Makes me like a water cry. Yeah, that is amazing. So anything yeah, we I can was... do to like give something back, you know? Yeah, I'm getting chills just listening to you because yeah. you and I met as servers, you know, right. in the food industry and knowing that if I didn't have what I have now with my own business, right? I would like, I would be... And I'm just fortunate that I had some money come in for a festival that I was producing. But like the the thought of being a server and never not being able to serve anymore. It's insane. It's insane. And honestly, I had told everybody, I'm like 90% of my life, I was in that situation. Only those last 10% I had a different, you know, I'm like, so for me, it's like much more hard hitting to feel like, honestly, when all this hit, I want to close down too. Like I want to close my restaurant down too and stay at home with my kids. I have three children that are 13, nine and five. So like for me, like, yeah, my natural instinct is like, yeah, close it down. Like, I mean, we have enough money to make it through a couple of months. First time ever in my life, yes. But, you know, I also have 35 employees. So to be so selfish as to close down when I don't have to and put those 35 people out of jobs too, then I can't do that. So now me and Miguel switch off shifts. We go to work and we come home and put our kids at risk every day. And honestly, like I've come to terms with that. That's how it is, you know? I can't be the selfish person to like think 30 people should be out of a job because I don't want to get my own kids sick. You know what I mean? Like it's a moral dilemma literally every day. Are we part of the problem or part of the solution? I have no idea. How how has your staff, like, has, have they said anything about like, I don't know if I feel comfortable being in here or have you made, um, well, um, honestly, we've told everybody, like, if you know, you don't feel comfortable being here, then you don't have to be like, you're still going to have your job. Like when you want to come back to work. And there's been like, there was some, a new girl who was, I think she's 19. Her brother has breathing problems. So she had said, you know, my mom doesn't want me coming to work. Totally understandable. I said, you know, your job's here. Whenever time's come, you can have your job back. You know, like you're still on payroll. It's fine. Um, we we take temperatures when people get to work. I mean, we have face masks that were made specifically for us. 
with our logo on him, which we yeah, wanted to sell, but not let him. I was like, God, this guy. <laughs> you gotta make the money any way you can. <laughs> I'm just like, God, damn it, Miguel, we're not doing that. <laughs> like, we already sell food. Just stick with one thing, okay? He's like hustling every time he can, like any, anything he can do. I'm just like, it's fine, I get it, but like, we don't need to capitalize, you know? Um, he started, he laughed. He was not actually serious, thank God, because I have to kill him, but um, there's other people that, you know, just now, like one of my managers called me and said, one of our staff members who works like 50 hours a week, his girlfriend's someone at her job got tested positive. So now he has to quarantine for, I mean, it's fine. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather people be safe than get all of us sick. Tell you the truth. It's hard because we're in a food truck. It's very hard to be six feet apart from each other when the truck's only 18 feet long. You know, when we have orders upon orders going in. So anybody that doesn't feel comfortable, I've, I mean, we've made it very clear. You don't have to be there and like, you're not going to lose your job. Like, just do whatever you feel comfortable doing. Honestly, most of them need money. So they're all there. Just like, whatever, we'll be here. <laughs> it's a far cry from when we used to get in trouble for being sick and <laughs> like, oh one, God, I like I really know. sick and then being like, okay, well now we're written up. What? Because I was yeah. sick. Yeah, these people have no um, idea. We work with a lot of kids. A lot of our staff is 19 to 20, 22, because it's a lot of kids graduated from high school. And let me tell you, Miguel's like, I'm not ready for 19-year-old. Like, I'm not ready for a 19-year-old kid. Well, that's my dating pool. Are you kidding? Hey, you can have some of mine. <laughs> They're all <laughs> children. You don't want any. <laughs> um, I am so impressed and excited for you. Because this is an amazing story. This, like, I we don't hear these kind of stories that often, especially in the food industry. And what are what are you looking forward to once this pandemic is kind of settled and and gone and everything? Well, honestly, starts? like the best part, I tell everybody, the best part about our job is like the customers. They're the best part. If you're having a bad day, like you can go there. They're always so freaking happy and like excited to be there and grateful and like really humbles me all the time. And I'm just like, if you're in a bad mood, just go talk to the customers at the table because they're like literally way happier to be there than anybody I've seen in any place eating, you know, because we want it to be like a feel of like, you know, a family vibe of where you're going there. And it's not only the food. You and I both know like the food can be shitty. People can still go all the time. It's not only about the way the food tastes. It's about the way you feel when you're there and when you leave there. I tell everybody that trains there, like, you're not going to remember what a brisket taco tastes like in five years, but you are going to remember what you felt like the day you were there and the day you left and how people made you feel. So it's great to have great food, but it's also really important to me to have the culture and to have the, the feeling behind it. Um, now it's just like, we all said, like when we were making all the food to go, we're like, it's kind of sad. Like we don't get to like look at the food and make it all pretty and get to talk to customers. I was like, I can't like, um, I'll be happy to talk to customers again and see them more often and get to hang out and talk to them and hear their stories. Cause that's honestly like my favorite part. I don't, cook, I mean, eating it as well, but I don't cook any of the food. Thank God. So eating it is still happening, <laughs> but not getting to hear all the customers and hear them talk about how great we are. And then like, you know, how this, you know, they bring their family here every time they come from out of town. Honestly, those are our favorite compliments is people that bring people there. You can be in a million articles. It doesn't mean anything if your neighbor's not telling you to go there. Yeah, it really feels like you've built not just, you know, the, while the food is, is important, but you've really built a culture within your restaurant and really living up to that culture. And that's so, I, and it's just to your point of like, that's what sets you apart. And I want to also ask like, 
um, you were, you talk about like, it's very family focused. Do you have your kids as part of the restaurant at all yet or? Um, yeah, well, as much as we can, honestly, like now they haven't been up there obviously because of all this, but before that, like, yeah, we make our 13 year old work constantly. We're like, you want to play video games? Then you can go to work, bro. And you better have a better attitude than everyone there. Like we're always like, you better run circles around people there. You better be in a good mood. You better be an example. Um, Valentina, who it's named after, which is our middle child, which was supposed to be the last. Okay, you guys. The other third one was on birth control. Although the third one might be, and we won't tell everybody, but she might be my favorite. Because <laughs> she likes me the most. <laughs> Um, Val- <laughs> Valentina, um, she will go up there and she's just now started to be more interested in working and like she wants to make food like and get back back there with her dad and like cook and stuff whereas Isaiah he wants to trim meat and like be the cool guy the little baby the five-year-old like I swear to god you'll see her on Disney any second now because if your friends me on Snapchat it's like a whole other world with that girl every night when she prays she's like turn on the recorder I'm like, okay, girl, calm down. We're not recording every prayer that you have because she gets so drawn out and diva about them. <laughs> Everyone eating their fruit and vegetables. Oh, she did pray one night. She really, really got me. Dear God, thank you for dinner, even though we didn't have dinner. <laughs> Why? Why you got to be like that? <laughs> Why you got to call me out? I'm so like, savage. We're all laughing. She's like, we didn't. I'm like, okay, cool it down, man. <laughs> Go straight to the top. You just ask for something to eat. We've been Aren't you lucky you have someone this, you just like you? Like you she have is, someone just yes. like you now. She is exactly like me, which is a curse. Valentina's like me in the evil way. Whereas Violet's like me in the you know outgoing. I need all the attention on me kind of way. <laughs> I'm gonna get it both ways, you guys. I love it. So I am so grateful that you took the time to hang out with us today. And I look forward to speaking to you in just a few months to see how everything's yes. progressing. You guys um, need to come how... down here and do it live. Oh, I can't wait. Well, we reschedule. We'll be coming back. Here comes a dead game. <laughs> but we'll be at South by Southwest in 2021. So yay. Good, good. We can all dream of those days, you guys. Yeah. Believe me. The hard hit for, for sure. South by Southwest around here. So tell everyone where they can find you on the social. And... Okay, we got it all, you guys. You can find us at Valentina's Tex-Mex BBQ.com is our website. Um, you can find our merch and everything on there. And then Facebook is Valentina's Tex-Mex BBQ. Uh, Instagram is the same. The only one that's different is Twitter because, you know, they don't let you do that long of a name. So it's Val's Tex-Mex BBQ. Um, our social media person is my best friend since we were 10, and she's, like, literally so awesome answers everybody and you know like i said our fans are the best like when people are mean like literally the commenters go off before we can and we're just like thanks guys <laughs> can't say anything so come find us there if you're in austin around austin you can order online come by and pick it up um, that's it thank you for listening to this week's episode of the lady business podcast please make sure to go and like our pages on facebook and instagram at lady business pod and head on over to our website ladybusinesspod.com and you can always subscribe to us and like us and oh make sure to review our podcasts on Apple Podcasts Spotify, Stitcher iHeartRadio Pandora and you can always ask Alexa to play the Lady Business Pod on Apple Podcasts <laughs>